0: Yeah, I did expand on one pitch, but, you know, you get, you get three in that situation. So it's really, it's really about being calm and knowing he has to come to me uh, and, and get a good pitch to hit. Do you like coming up in those situations with the game on the line? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's it. That's everything you work for. That's, uh, that's the, the, the highest competition in the world and in the, the biggest moment. So, uh, you know, it's always good to have a challenge like that. <laughs> Well, Flip, that was John Carlos Stanton talking to our Meredith Marakovitz on Sunday following his walk-off RBI single that won Sunday's game. In that clip, Flip, he told Meredith he likes being in those situations. And if I'm being honest, he's the one I wanted up in that situation. And I'm not certain I would have said that a couple of years ago. This 2021 Stanton is something else.
1: You know, when you started to see it was in the postseason last year, he had a really epic sort of postseason and he carried the Yankees, uh, he was one of the, the, the main forces in the, and they came pretty close to you know knocking on the door of a World Series. and, and, uh, and Stanton was one of the reasons why. And I, and he picked up this year where he left off uh, the postseason last year. So, you know, that was, they were great. But to, to your point, he'd struggled, uh, struggled his first few years with the Yankees. A lot of injuries, injuries really derailed him. And, you know, he really never got to see the real Stanton. I mean, the injuries are behind a lot of things with slowing guys down or keeping guys out of lineup, obviously. And then he experienced all of that. So, you know, hopefully he stays healthy because if healthy, now you see what kind of player he could be. I mean, this is the Stanton of the 59 home runs. That he hit, you know, when he was uh, last year with the Marlins. This is you're seeing that kind of MVP caliber Stanton. That's what you're seeing right now. He's playing that well, and uh, for the Yankees, Yankees have the hope that he stays like we always say. What do we always say, Kevin? Stay, stay on the field. On you field. Gotta stay on the field. And if he stays on the field, I mean, he's a difference maker, is it? as he's showing now.
0: Reached base 14 out of his last 15 games, batting 413. His OPS is 1.226.
1: I mean that's that's the, the that that OPS is to is you know you get, have an OPS at above 800 and you're doing fine you get to 900 you're uh wow you're having an incredible you're a monster a thousand you're you're like Mike Trout you're in the Mike Trout territory so he's in Mike Trout territory in terms of his OPS you know, the, you know his on pace percentage plus his slugging your the OPS and he's really on on pace to uh to uh,
0: lead the lead the lead the majors and he just he looks like he just clubs the ball right his swing. He's yeah, amazing Yeah, I mean, he's to me. so
1: quick. He's got so much bat speed. Through the, I mean, he really is really good whip that bat. And, uh, you know, and uh, I mean, at times I think he, he sometimes he guesses, but I think I think a lot a lot of great hitters guess. You have to make sure you guess right. You know, but I think sometimes <laughs> you guess it's a little bit. But uh, I, I do think it's uh, that uh, you really see why now that he was uh, that he, he did. He had the season that he had in Miami a couple of years ago and you know because i was scratching my head because the stanton that we saw the last couple of years wasn't that stanton we didn't get that production but you know again i think a lot of it now you start to realize was injury so if he stays healthy he could be that kind of player and boy uh, what a force he would be if, if that turns out to be
0: right well he was the hero on sunday on saturday glaber torres was the hero and i want to get to him soon talk about him for a little bit mm-hmm. before we do though we have a guest an as advertised guest right we
1: do we do uh uh you know one of the best uh, studio presence in the, in the business uh, he's been the, one of the anchors of our coverage and yes uh for the last uh, 20 years and uh no one does a rain fill like bob lorenz i gotta tell you we've had some epics three hours four hours What the other day was two and a half that was nothing it was sort of like batting practice for us i mean we're really good at filling time and uh bob is great and uh you know, uh, and uh, it's just, he's fun. He's, uh he knows his stuff. And, uh you know, he's a, he's a difference maker, not only in yes, but in the business. So that's, uh that's where uh, we'll have a lot of fun with him, I'm sure. And when you want to get to that, Kev? When do we get to that? It's about time. You I want think. to get to that? Yeah. You want to get to that? And we'll do some uh, stuff on the other side.
0: That, that's a great idea. And before we do that, though, great yes. review, subscribe. Please. And we are, we are, tell people who we are. I am Kevin Sullivan from the Digital Media Department here at YES, alongside, as always, Sports Broadcasting Hall of Famer, Mr. John J. Filippelli. Please I'm, rate, review, subscribe.
1: I'm, I'm good, Kev. Thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and to tell people to rate, review, subscribe. That's very important. We, we never always forget that. But please don't, because it really helps us a lot. And you, those of you who do it have been very kind. Thank you for your comments. And so we will talk to you on the other side of this. Uh, let's go to Bob Lorenz. Welcome back to Curtain Call, John Filippelli along with Kevin Sullivan. This time we have a very, very special guest, uh uh, Bob Lorenz, uh, who doesn't really need a big introduction, thankfully, because I'm not going to give him one, but I am going to say that uh, Bobby has 17 Emmys. Uh, he is our, our studio president, and yes, and he's a really a lot more than that. He can do the studio, he can do the field. Anywhere you put Bob, he just goes in there and excels and gives you a great, great effort and a great job. Um, 17 Emmy Awards. He's uh, like our Swiss Army knife. I think I may have, I said that before, I'm being repetitive, but here we go. And uh, Bob, thank you so much for taking some time and joining us on Curtain Call today. How are you today?
2: Flip, I'm doing great. Happy to be here. You miss me on This Week in Football, don't you? I, used do.
1: <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, I used, remember I used, that. Yeah, yeah, I used to
2: love great. that show.
1: That was great. We were ahead of our time with that.
2: We, that we laugh about those times because at that time I was doing that. The Yankees pre and post, the Nets pre and post. Um, I don't know if we were doing Forbes yet. But like there would be a show that aired with Bob and that would be a show that followed with Bob. There'd be another show with Bob. It was like
1: <laughs> the, ah, the network was Bob. Gosh. It was the Bob network. <laughs> <laughs> it could very well fit. Uh, uh, Bobby has been with us from the beginning of Yes. And uh, I don't know where he'd be without him. He's uh, one of the forces that holds us together to this day. And uh, so, Bob, I mean, give us give me your take on the Yankees so far. Tell me what you've seen. What are you like?
2: You know, I don't even think we've seen the best of them yet, even though they just went seven and two on that homestand. They were hitting a little sporadically. Stanton carried them. Judge was not hitting. A little bit of Urshela. Glaber starts to heat up. But I don't even think – you know what I'm waiting for, Flip? I'm waiting for one of those games where they just blow the doors off a team, like that 10-run inning, everybody's hitting, multi-hit games up and down the lineup. We just We haven't even seen that yet, so that's why I don't think we've seen their best you know what i'm
1: amazed at as i look at the season is the streaks you know the dodgers got off to this unbelievable start i mean they were just killing everybody and in uh, the american league the kansas city Royals were sort of the team that would say how is this possible and they were in first place in the central and they were kicking everybody's doors down and uh, a week later you know after the last 10 games i think they're two and eight in their last 10 and they've fallen away from the pack and then the dodgers have had a lot of trouble they're they're barely yeah. holding on they've got the Padres on their heels, the Giants have been really good, yes. surprisingly so. So you know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in the game, and the Yankees certainly are are, are part of that. They they've been very streaky. But uh, they they're on a good run right now. They seem to have found their their they seem to have found their north star. Their starting pitching is coming around, and mm-hmm. I, as you know, you you're not going to win without starting pitching. And i really like where they are in terms of that. I mean, I think that's coming around. For them. The bullpen has been good, hitting has been sporadic, but you know, uh, but as you said, Stanton is starting to heat up now, and LeMayu is hitting, and, and Torres yeah. got a couple of hits yesterday. So let's uh, let's say I think that they may be on the road to where they need to go but anybody surprising you who stands out? That's a surprise to you on the, on the roster.
2: Uh, You know what? You're going to probably laugh at this, but Lucas Litke. How about him out of the bullpen? I mean, they're entrusting him with these key innings, like tie games, one run games, they're putting him in, in the seventh inning to get big outs. He's the guy that's kind of surprised me a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been, I mean, everybody in that bullpen has been, has been pretty much lights out. And yeah. they were asked in the very beginning. Obviously, they weren't getting other than Cole, They weren't getting the length, but they were really relying on the bullpen. The bullpen has really not let them down. They've gotten so. And the uh, has been terrific. Success has mm-hmm. been very, very good. Yankees have gotten you know strong effort out of their bullpen. Uh, it was nice to see Torres start to hit. Yeah, but to come around.
2: It's yeah, he, he, that's a thing. Flip. He wasn't hitting the ball with any authority at all. It was ground ball, ground ball. It was good to see him hit that home run yesterday. Really, kind of starting to come around. Yeah. So I agree with that. Um, Urshela is a bit of a loss right now, but it seems like he'll be back Tuesday or Wednesday. And I think once you pencil in Luke Voigt starting tomorrow, that lineup's going to start, start humming. And to your point that you said earlier, I totally agree about LeMayhu. I think as he goes, the team goes, and I think they were all kind of scratching their heads like, wow, if he's not hitting what's going on with his team. And suddenly he starts to rack it up those multi-hit games and they all kind of follow that lead.
0: Yeah, speaking of Voight, Bob, looks like he'll be back Tuesday for the game against the Rays. Um,
2: it appears Miguel Andujar is the move there. Did that surprise you at all? Um, just a little. I thought Mike Ford might go down because Lemayhew can play some first base, but I guess they just want to keep that left-handed bat. I wish we had seen a little more of Andujar. Um, you know, he'll go down to A and he'll probably tear the cover off the ball, but I thought he'd get a few more opportunities, but he's the odd man out right now.
0: We'll see him again, I'm sure. And like yeah. you said, Ford's the lefty. So that, that, that's like, likely the logic behind that move, even though he's batting 103 at this point. Let me give you Voigt's numbers real quick in his AAA assignment. Five games, seven for 18, three home runs, two double six RBIs. Yes. So there was no production coming from the first base spot, and it no. looks like it's on its way.
2: I think, it's gonna, I think that's going to be huge. Um, just Just to give that spot some s- solidity, you know, you're throwing exactly. little Mike Ford in there, little Le Mayhew. Occasionally, you see Tyler Wade there. It's like you just need that guy in that lineup every day, producing.
0: Exactly. We're going to talk more Yankees, but Bob, I want you, if you don't mind, to pull the curtain back for the listeners. Okay. Because
2: well, this is I, curtain call. So this yeah. is
0: pull the curtain call. <laughs> well played. <laughs> uh, help us understand what goes into um, game day. You have studio. You have pre and post. Yep. You know, prior to me coming on board, feels like a hundred years ago, I was like, well, Bob Lorenz has it great. You know, he's shows up at seven and talks about the Yankees, but that's Perfect. not the case, right? There's no, a lot I actually of previous show up
2: five minutes before the pregame, Kevin. Thanks. Give me some credit. <laughs> <at you>. No, <laughs> no uh, on a regular game day when a game's at seven o'clock, I'll show up at about three, um, go over the game notes, get the scouting report on the other team, and I'll do work in the morning too. I'll read the paper. I'll sound like Paul O'Neill. I'll read the papers. <laughs> in the morning, even though I read them online. And uh, so just kind of get a feel. But but when you get in the course of 162, you really have a good feel for the team. So it's not like there's a ton of stuff um, that you've got to do, but I'll read all the game notes, go over the prep, kind of mark up my rundown where notes that I want to make about the lineup. And then let's say if it's Jack or Flash, we'll meet maybe an hour prior to the pregame and just kind of get what their opening comment is, what their key to the game is. You know, who wants to let's say it's we're breaking down uh, Garrett Cole that day, who wants to take the video, that kind of thing and talk about it. So just to kind of get an idea for me in my head, because I have to traffic cop everything that goes on. So, yeah, so we'll do that. We'll hit the hit the ground running at 630 for the pregame. And then we sit in my office, watch the game. I do the fourth and seventh inning cut ins. And then postgame is usually just winging it, you know, flying by the seat of our pants.
0: That's one of the things I miss most. Um is you guys are in your office watching the games together. Yeah. And you know I would pop in for five, 10 minutes at a time and get just infinitely smarter because I was around <laughs> you guys watching the game, right? With the three of you breaking down the game just as like guys talking. You I
2: miss that with the more pandemic time. world.
1: You needed to spend more time on oh, <laughs> <laughs> So
2: you know. uh, Yeah, it's great but, having those guys in there, just breaking stuff down. You know, it's it's great to have Flash's perspective because as a former player for 14 years, you know, getting his thoughts. Uh, it's great, right. especially since catching is such a hot topic with Sanchez and Higashioka. He's he's invaluable. You played college ball too, though, right? I did, but I was I played at Cal Poly Pomona. I was a left-handed relief pitcher, but I was kind of the B team guy. I wasn't like A team, and that's why I knew what I got through my sophomore year. But I was never going to be drafted. I, I was okay, uh, so I transferred to USC and got a journalism degree. Is that, why, work Bob, out.
1: Is that why Bob, in, in your office, you had a, you had the, uh, the, the character, I'm trying to remember, the anchorman character?
2: Yes, Ron Burgundy. You yeah. had yes, yeah, he's sort of <laughs> your idol.
1: I, I need, you need to explain that to our to our audience why. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, idol. come on. It's well, Will Farrell actually went to USC, so there's that commonality. And then he he played the anchorman, Ron Burgundy. Yeah. yeah.
1: What do you what do you think of when you see Garrett Cole? You think UCLA? What do you think? What a great pitcher this guy is! I
2: think what a great pitcher he is. I don't yeah. even think about UCLA. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's so good. far in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I will. T- t- I will tell you this though. We used to play when I was at Cal Poly. We would play USC and UCLA, and UCLA Jackie Robinson Field had the best bullpens. Like, you know, David Cohn talks about having a bullpen where the ball, the mitt just pops. Yeah, sure. They had the best bullpens. Like, I I was never a hard thrower. I probably threw about 84, 85. It sounded like I was throwing 100. Love it. Ego boost. I love it. Exactly.
1: So, Bob, you obviously, you've been at yes through almost our entire run, which is uh, uh, now 20 seasons. Uh, What's your favorite? You have one story in particular you like telling
2: about yes. You think that sums up yes? Um, Hmm. That's a great question. I've never been asked that before. No, I just, I think of all the little moments. Like I don't, I don't really. So, so if you're talking about on the air, I think that 2009 when they won the championship, that post game, mm-hmm. that was just, that was rocking. That's one of the best memories I have. I just think of like the the little stories, the side stuff of, you know, spending time with, with people and, and people in the office and, and, uh, you know, with you Coming into my office, sitting down, talking, just stuff like that. I don't know. I, I come in for the you candy. Stumped, you stumped me. You literally stumped me right there.
1: I'm sorry. I, I was, that's was the <laughs> last person I wanted to stump on, on a show like this. Is you? <laughs> I need all the help I could get here. Uh, the, uh, I used to. I love coming to your office. Sit there and have the candy, Bob. Yeah, About twenty pounds because of you.
2: I know. You're welcome. Uh, but now, now we have uh, COVID protocols, so no candy on yeah, the table. Yeah, I
1: know. I know. <laughs> Should change everything. But you know, hopefully, we'll be. Uh, Things are starting to loosen up now, thank God. And uh, yep. it's, been, uh it's been quite the year for us all, well, obviously the world and for us. But uh, uh so, I, I, so what do you have any second best story you're gonna tell me? Any story? Give me a story.
2: I've told this before. Um, yeah. Flip, you've heard this because you put me on this show called Yogi in a movie.
1: Yes, yogi in a movie. And uh
2: <laughs> we did that for like three seasons, and I did it with Yogi Berra. And my favorite story of that is. So he'd never actually watched the movies, by the way.
1: Uh, (laughs) But
2: our producer, Andrew at the time, was basically sitting with us before we started rolling. And he said, "Uh, hey, so Yogi, we're going to talk about all the times you went to Asia to play ball, your experience there. Because the movie was Bad News Bears Goes to Japan. Mm -hmm. And he looks at him and he goes, I've never been to Asia. I've only been to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just like golden moment, and the camera was not rolling. That was of oh, course
0: <laughs> That's, that's yeah. great. Uh, he's that he was the best man. That was Ironically, young. people might be listening on Yogi's birthday. It's May twelfth, nineteen twenty-five. Oh. So it's just a couple days from when we're recording this. My favorite Yogi thing that you guys did together was that
2: D-Day piece. That was amazing. Yeah, oh, that was a great piece. Yeah, he, he's see, he's amazing because. I kind of call him, and I mean this respectfully, like, like he had these Forrest Gump moments, like he had these huge moments in life that he's so humble, he would never really, like when he'd talk about it, and he talked about what he did for World War II, and I'll just be brief, but he was sitting at a naval yard, bored out of his mind, and somebody just showed up and was like, hey, anybody basically want to get on a 45-foot rocket boat of death? <laughs> he's like, yeah, sign me up. So he was on this this narrow vessel with I think it was like ten other uh, Navy seamen, and it just was filled with rockets. And they were providing cover for the guys going on the beach in Normandy. <laughs> and he just said he he goes he literally poked his head up and looked out. It was like he goes it was like Fourth of July. And his commanding officer basically grabbed him and said, "Need to get down because you're going to get your ass shot." Basically, you know, and That's what he did. I mean, he volunteered for that. And I mean, if anybody had hit that thing, all it was was a bunch of rockets and explosives. So and then he comes back and he, you know, wins 10 world championships. Unbelievable.
1: Very, very remarkable man. I mean, to to your point, I'll tell you a quick story. I'll do this quickly. Uh, so, what spring training is you know, is a very loose atmosphere. And we're in spring training one year and you know, around one of the batting cages. And I I, I knew him fairly well. I mean, I, uh, we had a lot of spring trainings together. And that spring training is so informal, so much fun. So, I, that's where I really got to know him. So, one year we're just hanging around a batting cage and we're watching whatever we're watching. And somebody in a cart passes by and it's Yogi and I. And they say, Hey, Yogi, hey, flip. So, I say, Hey, he says, Hey. And he says to, turns to me, Yogi, and he goes, Who's flip? <laughs> And I said, uh, well, I'm flip. And he goes to me, no, no, you're not. You're John. I said, uh, well, my name is John Filippelli, but you know, my nickname is flip. He goes, no, that's not you. <laughs> and I said, no, you know, it is me. And he says to me, he goes, I, I, I don't understand why they call you flip. If your name is John, and he says, and, and 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 why do I call you F- uh, flip? I, why don't I call you flip? If I, I call you John, but why don't I call you flip? I go, Yogi, I don't have any idea what you call me Flip. I mean, how many years you know me now? You don't, you don't know my, name. my nickname was Flip. He goes, no, that, that you're pulling just a joke, right? You should be funny. i <laughs> yeah. a joke. I said, no, Yogi, you really not pulling a joke. My, my nickname is Flip and everything. He said, so he thinks for a second. He says to me, he goes, I, 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 I'm sorry. I can't get past this. He says, I, I, don't, I don't understand why everybody's calling you that when I know your name is something different. And I said, well, what do you want to call me? And he says to me, he goes, well how about if I call you uh, um, Flip?
0: No. <laughs> I said,
1: um, yeah, you want to call me Flip? I said, you didn't want to call me Flip before you didn't even know it was my name. He goes, well, it seems to me what everybody calls you that. So, so, John, can I call you that? Can you call me what? He says, can I call you Flip? I said, of course. He says, all right, John, that's what I'll call you from now on. <laughs> so that was my
2: yogi story about my name. Uh, it's, it's funny because, like, who would ever call him Lawrence. You call him exactly, Yogi. Exactly. I, I could never imagine Flip walking down the hall and I just go, oh, hi, John. How are you today? Like, it doesn't make any sense.
1: You never call me never. John. No. Anybody who called me John, it was, it was like my parents when I was in trouble. When I was a kid, they'd call me John. Yeah, That's it. Every place I've been in my life, it's Flip. Well, that's life. You know, we all get nicknames and things and, you know, whatever. But uh, he was a great, great, great man. A lot of fun. A very funny guy. Very, he actually, played, he was less smarter than he played. You know, he was, oh, you know, yeah, he was, yeah. that was a fox. But but uh, but I must tell you, he was so pleasant to be around and, you uh, uh and it, there wasn't a person that i've i've never met a person didn't like yogi never
2: yeah so I, and, the, and the point i was trying to make and I, I didn't get to the point other than talking about his service record was he's has all these amazing moments in life like we were talking one time and he's like yeah i was training with rocky marciano and you just stop you're like <laughs> what and it, you know and he was ringside <laughs> at, at uh, the joe <laughs> lewis fight and he'd always go to he'd go to tooth shores remember that flick? yeah sure and he'd be with all the, you know, the Yankees were there and they were like sure. celebrities. And-
1: that was the Whitey Ford, Whitey yeah. Ford, Billy Martin, uh, you know, Mickey yeah. Mantle, those guys, they'd they yep. hang out. And Yogi Yogi could walk in any circle. I could walk with any group, yeah. uh, you know, highbrow, high a little lowerbrow, didn't matter. Yeah, Yogi t- accepted everybody. And that was one of the great things about Yogi that the, the world is missing right now is Yogi was so all-inclusive about yep. everyone, about everything.
0: I don't have any great yogi stories like you guys, but I will say that, you know, and I I know you guys know this and you have felt this is in this job every now and then there's those moments where you're like, wow, I really am lucky. And I go back to, I think it was oh nine and it was spring training. Like you were talking about flip and it was just me and yogi in a dugout. And all I did was say good morning to him and i sat there like this is the greatest thing ever and i called my dad afterward like you do not believe this right Great. like like a fanboy i was and, and you know i've been in sports and entertainment for over 20 years you don't geek out over things like that but when it's right. yogi yeah. you get you get super excited
2: yeah you're not you don't you don't get overly starstruck by really anybody but there are a few people at times in your life that you're just like it's one of those wow like, I mean, yep. I got to say that I worked with Yogi Berra. That's unbelievable.
1: Did you, uh, Bob, who, who else did you meet in your life? And this is interesting. I know we're digressing, but, you know, it's, it is a podcast. You can have, we can have a little fun with this. Did you, have you ever, you've met probably a lot of other famous people, celebrities and yeah. what have you, right? You're, yeah. What celebrity, just, just name one name that really surprised you and you found the interaction to be so great that they were uh, memorable when you really didn't think there would be all that memorable experience, but it turned out to be.
2: Uh, hmm. I, I mean, it's not a celebrity per se. One of the most pe- people I was most impressed with was when I was working in West Palm Beach, interviewed Jack Nicholas,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and could not be more gracious. We did a three-part series on him. And he gave me, his, his PR guy was like trying to wrap up the interview. Yeah. And he's like, he just waved him off. He's like, let's keep going. Like he was enjoying the interview. Yeah, yeah. extra time and I appreciated that. I mean, it's those kinds of things, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. I bet, I'm trying I to think like, like celebrities. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's more sports people that are famous probably than, than celebrities. I'll
1: give you one. I'll give How you about one. you? Um, good morning, Mr. Phelps. Who, who would that be? I said to you, good morning, good morning, Mr. Phelps.
2: Good morning, Mr. Phelps. Huh. You got me.
1: Uh, Mission Impossible, the TV series.
2: Oh yeah. yeah. Peter Graves. Oh, Peter yeah. Graves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, uh. I was on a flight with him when he was doing the biography series many years ago. I was working at NBC and uh, we wound up sitting next to each other and the plane was fairly empty. And we wound up in like a five hour conversation, not about Mission Impossible or the movie Airplane. He was in the movie Airplane and other things. We had a five hour conversation about the movie Starlock 17, which was a great movie uh it was about uh, about life uh, for an american prisoner in a prisoner of war camp and uh he was uh he was i don't want to give the movie away you should see it. it's a great movie i will give it away but william holden was in it, it was a terrific movie uh, all-star cast and uh uh, just just great and so we wanted to talk about that movie billy wilder who directed it one of the great directors of the history of hollywood mm-hmm. and we started talking about him a little bit whatever but, and i found it to be one of the most enjoyable experiences and uh and you know we we traded contact information and about a year later i wrote him a note telling him how much i enjoyed the, the that conversation meeting it went back a really really nice note he remembered me we talked about some things but what a what a great man and i really enjoyed the, his insight take on uh the movie and particularly the television business and particularly that show, which was such a, a big show when I was growing up. And it, it was the, it, it spawned the, uh, the movie series with Tom Cruise, which has done so well, you know?
2: Yeah. You know, what's fun to do sometimes the yeah. guys is when you go back and, and you see, and sometimes there'll be links on Twitter and stuff. Like yeah. you see the open, I just saw recently to Starsky and Hutch, hmm. like the opening credits. It just, it just takes you back. Like I was flipping around on channels the other day and this, I guess cozy TV or something. Yeah. Cozy. And they had the $6 million man on. I used to watch that show all the time. And it just, when you see the production quality and everything, you just, it's almost, I hate to say it, it's almost laughable compared to what, you know, we, they do today. But. See, you know,
1: but you see, that's interesting. And we got to get Kevin back in this conversation. We lost Kevin, so we're here. But uh, it's well, interesting. we talk about because, shows
0: from 1920s.
1: You know, how about Kevin? I don't want to come back. So there I do your rear end. Okay. <laughs> be Careful. It's from 1920. Uh, but it's funny. You, you remember things in a certain way. And, uh, I remember certain shows, and certain, now you're able to see them all these years later because of YouTube and other means. You could, there's a show that was ever made that you probably can't watch now, and particularly when we went through the pandemic, and you get a chance to see a lot of this stuff again, and you realize that some of it wasn't as good as you remember it. Yes, you know, I don't know, it's just it's maybe that's just the way we dream or we remember it, but it was interesting to me.
0: Yeah. For me, it's, um, I stumbled upon, like you're talking about, Bob. Do you remember The Greatest American Hero?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Sure. I still sing that song in my head every now and then, but I <laughs> fell true. upon it like maybe two or three months ago. Yeah. And it was unwatchable.
2: But I loved it as a kid.
1: Yeah. W- was Robert Culp yeah. in that? Was Robert Culp, did he start in that?
2: I don't want to lose our audience you. here. It was <laughs> Bill- t- William Cat, wasn't it? William
0: Cat. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Good job.
2: Curly blonde hair. I remember that.
0: Oh, you know who else was? it? Was Michael Paré in that?
1: No, Do you know Michael, Michael Paré? Michael, oh, Michael,
0: Michael Paré is from my favorite movie ever. Uh, this is a Yankees podcast, by the way. Um, Eddie and the Cruisers.
2: <laughs> Wait, what is it? What?
0: Eddie and the Cruisers.
2: Eddie and the Cruisers. Boy, yeah. if you said favorite movie, that that that's an outlier there. Eddie and the Cruisers. Wow. Yeah,
0: a couple times a year. Tom Berenger was in it. He was great. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, I love
1: Tom Berenger.
0: Um, yeah, from, I went from platoon, from
1: major league, from platoon.
0: Yeah, I went to a baseball card show. He was there signing autographs, long line, everybody with their major league um, mm-hmm. memorabilia and posters. And I show up with my Eddie and the cruisers. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> I, he's like, are you crazy? <laughs>
2: Bob,
1: favorite Yankee moment in the last 20 years?
2: I would say um, because we, I was involved in it, um, doing the, the post game for the 2009 championship. Because I think we were on the air for two and a half hours, maybe, yeah. and just yeah. the energy of what was going on made that show so special. It just made it great.
1: It's funny because we we don't get to do like postseason baseball because it falls to uh, uh, the 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 over the air networks to do, which right. is kind of unfortunate. So we do our own stuff, our own list. So we make up our own, you know, pre games and post games, which are great and they're a lot of fun. And I remember that. I remember that. Uh, but I mean, we had uh, we had such interesting Mojieres well, three thousand hit was on yeah, yes that right. was that was really great when mo broke the save record you know it was on yet yes yeah. uh, the passing of mr steinbrenner uh-huh. was on yes and you were very much involved in that i remember, remember calling you and tell you what had happened you were on vacation i think in arizona i was I to get yeah. on a plane and go to california where the yankees are playing in the all-star game Yeah. And joe girardi was the manager and we figured we could get girardi and several of the players to talk mm-hmm. about mr steinbrenner and you were there and you'd anchored the coverage you anchored the coverage for us for about 14 hours
2: yeah so, For, uh, from, was i was reporting from there and then michael because i was gone yes was during the all-star break michael actually did the studio anchoring yes. and then i he tossed back to me and i got yes. Girardi, jeter i can't remember who else mo i think
1: right we had, uh, well we had a lot we had the yankees had one in 09 as you said and this was 10 so and the yankees got a, like a, a a very unbalanced number of representatives because Girardi could pick the, a lot of the squad yeah so we had a lot of Yankees there. And I remember you, you, you co-anchored, you did a lot of, yeah. but you were on a lot. And then and we had Michael on, but obviously Michael was kind of in the studio and anchored, but we had, we had a lot going on and it was just a, it really was an incredible uh, moment for yes. And I remember, I, I can't remember how many phone interviews we did, how many two ways we did. with yeah. um, You know, and how many, how many guests, how many contributors, it was like endless. We run about 14 hours. and We won a couple yeah. of memories for it. It was wow quite a day but it was a very emotional day i remember i'd gotten my gallbladder taken out the day before when i got the call in the morning i made Andy levine call was the president of the yankees and i was like i was not anywhere near the word coherent <laughs> and i remember i said I told him, i'm gonna go in, i'm gonna go and i have to go to work and i remember going in and we and it was I, the whole day was sort of like a it was a, very much in a mist a fog might be a good way yeah. of putting it but uh but it was an incredibly emotional day. I mean, one of the most emotional days of my career, certainly, and all of ours at Yes, the yeah. imprint of Mr. Steinbreder. It was incredible. Do you have any dealings? You must have dealings with, with George, George through the years. You,
2: you know what's funny? Not since I joined Yes, but I did when I worked for CNN. I remember the last time that I ever interviewed him. Remember they were playing in the wake of um, one of the hurricanes down in Florida? Remember the, the area of Homestead? I think oh, yeah, the of course. We're going to have their spring. Is that Andrew? On their- yeah. Was
1: that Andrew Hurricane Andrew?
2: Yes, yes. And and the Yankees said, okay, we're to to kind of pick up that area, we're going to play a couple spring training games down there. So they did, and uh, Mister Steinbrenner was there, and so we we all interviewed him, and and that yeah, that was the the last time that I saw him. I just I'm probably in passing a couple times. That was it.
1: Yeah, it was quite. Uh, it's quite a remarkable man, for sure. Uh, it's a big oversight that he's not in the Hall of Fame. It's an incredible to me, it's an incredible oversight in the and Cooper's down because he really is deserving. He and Marvin Miller and Marvin Miller just got in uh, last, last year. So um now this leaves George to Mr. Steinbrenner to be put in because I think that he really does think about what he did to, he saved that saved the Yankee franchise, but the Yankees were in terrible shape when he got them. Yeah. You know, he won a he won like seven or eight pennants and a couple of world championships. And you know, he changed uh, the game through free agency through yes also. Yeah. Yes was a big step and and uh I mean, for those contributions alone, he deserves to be in the broadcasting Hall of Fame, sports uh, Sports Hall of Fame, not the well, sports. Well, sports yeah, not only the regular that. Hall of Fame. Yeah, like Well,
0: the, keep, <laughs> well, the broadcasting fame, thing too. People. He started. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, actually, he's he, in the Sports he, Broadcasting is. Hall of Fame. He is. He okay. was one of the first recipient. I remember going up and, and accepted the honor for him. The family asked me to do that. This was maybe the second or third year of the the award. SVG hall of fame. And, uh, I think we we'll have to accept for him. And I want to give it a little talk about Mr. Steinbrenner. He's a remarkable man. As, as I've t- said many times here on the show. Um,
2: well, I would think his fellow owners, if there's a way they can make a push to get him in Cooperstown because he has, in, he almost single-handedly increased the value of their franchises dramatically, you know, <laughs>
1: No doubt. I don't know if a lot of them see it like that because he did battle with a lot of the owners. And uh, so a lot of them are, you know, they, uh, they remember the battles. They don't remember the gains that uh, came out of those things that they, people have short memories sometimes. And, uh, just because somebody battles you that makes him a bad person, you know, he was not a bad person. He, he battled you. He, he challenged you to get the best out of you. Right. I mean, that's how that's, that was his MO. He wanted you to be the best. And if he had to challenge you to be better, he would do that. So, I mean, but you know, some people don't, don't take well to that to those people. I'm, I'm actually sorry for them. I think yeah. that, that they don't take it in the spirit of which it was intended. But uh, anyway, that's, that's for another day. And hopefully it's that he will get that day that he
2: deserves. That's That's probably the old football coach in him, right? Oh yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I got those speeches too. Oh my god! I... <laughs> I
2: kind of figured you the... might have been on the receiving end of a few. Uh, oh boy,
1: was I speeches. ever! Was I ever? Uh, you know, but I, you know, I found he was a fascinating, fascinating man. He was very, you know, he had his moments. that could be extremely tough, but he also had a very kind, generous side, and I would see that all the time with especially people who were in trouble and. You know, and he'd see something on the news, and he'd say, uh, "He'd say, he would he says, forget to find out who that is.' uh like he'd test somebody to say, find out who that is. Uh, who uh, the fireman who was uh, was lost in a lot of you know, line of duty? Find out who that is, or the policeman, and make sure that they get ca- their kids go to college. And uh, you know, the Yankees would pay for it. Yeah, I mean, he was a very, very generous, very giving man uh you know, <laughs> there was the other side which was you know look out duck incoming here he comes <laughs> he was like, a hurricane right, what, uh, what is it you
2: always say ready fire aim ready fire <laughs> aim that was
1: it that's my misdose. that was it here we go <laughs> but uh
2: uh i certainly
1: miss him uh he was uh you know a credible credible force credible force and very fascinating man actually made, made so many levels uh well anyway bob we've taken up, we've taken up a lot of your time and uh i uh, appreciate you we appreciate you very much being our guest uh, you know you're always uh, you're always interesting and you're fun and uh, our our company would not be our company without you you're one of the cornerstones of it so thanks for taking the time today on current call and you know we'll, we'll see you soon
2: i appreciate it flip thanks kevin thanks bob see so you guys. Right, right, be we'll back to the soon. office kevin by the way
0: uh July, you'll see me there. I'm good. All right. Yeah, yeah. I Bob, got it already. You want
1: already anything more well route? You want to pick up a cup of coffee or something while we're out? Yes,
2: please. Okay. <laughs> we'll go around the diner. we go to the yeah, diner we go to around corner. That, that's why I asked when Kevin was coming back. I need a cup <laughs> of coffee. I'm <Get>, <laughs> your oh, god.
1: It's gonna be a little cold, bubble. Maybe the microwaves will be back by then. That'd be great.
2: Yeah, maybe the kitchen will be open again.
1: Uh be careful what you wish for with that kitchen.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> All right, Bob. I'll talk to you we'll talk to you
0: soon. Bye bye. All right, thanks. See you, Bob. Thanks. No surprise flip, but Bob was great. I especially liked the yogi stories.
1: Oh, Bob's got a million stories. I wish we have got a little deeper. Uh, we have a lot of great stories, but, uh, no, Bob is very, uh, like I mentioned, Bob is, uh, the glue, one well, of the, the glues that hold uh, the people, everything in yes together. Uh, it's been there for such a long time. And, uh, you know, he's so regarded not only, yes, but in the business for not only his talent, but for his personality and his warmth. And uh, and he's a uh, very, he anchors, uh, he and Michael K anchor the Make-A-Wish charity event every year in November. And uh, he's, uh, he's really good at it, no surprise. And uh, it was great to have him as a guest, really great.
0: Uh, speaking specifically about this year's Yankees team, um- I think he was a lot like me, and I want to get your opinion, surprised that Anduhar was the move to make room for Voight. Um, were you shocked by that?
1: You, no, I really wasn't. I mean, when I started, I mean, I, I don't know what other move they could have made, When at the time, I wasn't really thinking it through. I said, I wonder what they'll do. But when it happened, I said, you know, it made all the sense to me only because uh, they needed the bat the Yankees were looking for a jump start of offense and listen Miguel, Miguel Andujar could jump good could jump jumpstart, any offense that he's a, uh, he, any lineup he's in, I'm sure he could jump start it. So, uh, you know, uh, just a matter of giving him enough reps. Uh, I don't know what, what, how much, how many at-bats he had at the alternate side or exactly how much work he had done, but obviously the Yankees felt he had done enough to, you know, get back into a big league lineup and, uh, you know, I still think before all of said and done, he may be going back and forth a little bit because they've got options on it. But uh, I do think that you'll hear a lot out of that bat because uh, he can really hit the ball.
0: You know what? You made a great point there. You said reps. And if he didn't go down, he was sitting on the bench getting at bats every couple games. Right. And you don't want to do that to someone like Andrew yeah, Hart.
1: He's, he's a doubles machine is what he is. He really can hit. And he hits a lot of doubles. He goes a couple of home runs, but he's he's got uh, – uh, he's a really great double sitter. So you want him in that lineup. You want to get him in there if he can. And, uh, and I mean, before he left through, through uh, the whole series, the circumstance of injury and whatever, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, on a fast track and one of the leaders of the Yankee offense. So it would be nice to have that bat back. And, and, and certainly at its peak, it would be terrific. And and he's nowhere close to his peak. He needs the reps, as we just talked about. But uh, he'll get him, and I'm sure he'll be heard for before the season is through. The Yankees will hear something. You heard something loud from Endohar.
0: No doubt. Uh, we promised we talk about Glaver. Of course, he had a great weekend. He had the walk-off hit on Saturday. Sunday, he hit his first home run of the season. Yes. snapped a career-long 39-game homerless streak. Uh, two things on that home run. One, I love that our cameras caught him with that fist pump because he was excited. Yeah. Sure. And two, he said he hit it for his mom, which was amazing. I love it. Yeah, well,
1: you know, Mother's Day, right? Yeah, It's special for your mom, and it's always a great thing. Uh oh yeah. Well, listen, least You could see starting to come around though, and the Yankees really need that bat to come around because, you know, you listen. No, you got You don't have to have nine nine players in a lineup hitting. You don't have to have. You don't have to have five hitting. You have to have four hitting. You know, if you if you can get two or three guys hitting, you, you have a very good chance to win a game those two and the Yankees were fortunate. That they could alternate, you know, judge, judge gotten hot for a little bit of time. Now Stanton is back to being hot. Torres is starting to, you can see he starting to come around on the ball. He said that, uh, that, that's great and uh you know he comes around you know schiller's hit the, the whole season he's done he's done very well may he was hitting you know so the yankee offense all of a sudden is not this this uh, the dormant as it was because it was pretty dormant because nobody was nobody was carrying an offense because nobody was hitting and now it seems to me that a couple of guys are starting to hit because i i, I never worry about their offense I, I still don't think the key to a championship is your offense i think it's your pitching and i'm really happy about the way the yankees started pitching has come around uh, i think that ultimately will decide their fate how deep they go in october
0: yeah, we'll get into their pitching before we do though, real quick. Do you think that home run for Glaber opens the floodgates for him? Do you, th- you think it was on his mind a little bit and maybe holding him back? Yeah,
1: sure. I mean, for someone who has who's been, you know, he hit almost forty home runs with two years ago. I mean, for someone who has that kind of power and is that prodigious, uh, prodigious a home run hitter as he is. Uh, to have gone this far in the season and to be, what, to just six weeks into a season and to have uh, no home runs and he finally, on a Mother's Day, was like, finally, that's off. It's got to be off his mind. I think you'll start to see him now start to hit with regularity. He, I mean, I think he needed reps. He needed to find his way. I just need a month. And then we need a month out of spring training to really start to hit that groove. And uh, so it took a little longer than that. But if he finds his groove, I'm sure the Yankees will be very grateful.
0: I mentioned that he had the game-winning hit on Saturday. I should mention he also had the game-tying hit in the ninth inning. Mm-hmm um he did and looking at some of these numbers that our research team pulled he's the guy you want up in pressure situations four career walk-off hits tied for second in baseball since 2018 max kepler is the only one with more with five and um
1: his numbers against your team the orioles are incredible (laughs) i don't have my team no no i beg to differ i beg to differ oh man i mean you you have all these magazines like you know I pass your office. So my office is like Oreo Weekly and Oreo Daily and, and uh, Oreo with Milk. I mean, it's unbelievable what you got going on. That oh, so I mean, you I are know, something know you're, else. Not even a, you're, not, you're, very, you're not even secretive about it. You're right out there. I mean, I, you've got the Oreo colors on as I look at you now. It's too bad you can't see the way he's dressed because I see that Oreo. I see the Oreo just bleeding out of you there.
0: I got uh, number eight tattooed on my back Cal Ripken. Yeah, I'm a big oh, I fan. It
1: was, it was, it was Angie, I thought Angie Entry, who Andy Etcheverry? I don't know if he was a he was a catcher for them for in the sixties. Andy oh, all right. He had big ears. I don't he know him. Yeah, he was a pretty good catcher. We, had, but he had big ears.
0: So, does that make him not like you're like? But he had big ears.
1: No, it's just it's just it's just a characteristic. I mean, we all have like you know some people you know like I don't you know big chins, big noses. I'm bald
0: and I have a turkey neck. So yeah, I get it. Let me see your neck. Let's see
1: so here's a side stay away from thanksgiving yeah stay away from yeah turkey going on there
0: so you brought up pitching let's talk about that a little bit it's ironic because they're pitching so well and three weeks ago twitter was just talking twitter stuff about how the pitching isn't any good that's not the fact anymore
1: i don't think it is i mean i think three weeks ago they were really searching that you know outside of cole Who's been, you know, get from, from first pitches and spring training? He's been dominant. So Cole's been Cole as advertised. He's been awesome. But after that, I think they've had to find the slot guys. They were counting a lot on Kluber, Kluber a lot on Tyone. And, you know, they needed to come around. They had pitched, you know, what, what between them, like, you know, two innings in two years or something like that, two innings in three years. So they really needed the. Shake the rust and, you know, and then get the reps in and, you know, and, and start to build stamina. And uh, it's taken them a little bit of time, but not all that much time if you really look at it in context. And, uh, but they're the key. If they could pitch well, because Montgomery has pitched really well for the Yankees and then they've gotten, and Armand is starting to pitch better. You know, he had a little rocky in the beginning, but he had a couple of solid starts now. And you're getting Severino back in July, you start adding up all those names. And, you know, all of a sudden you say if you again, if you stay healthy. Yankees will have pretty good starting staff, and they go with that bullpen, which has been excellent. The Yankees' pitching will be could be could shut down on anybody in October if they have all those arms and they're ready.
0: I forget about Sevy. That's a great point. It's like a trade once he comes back. It's a
1: trade you don't have to make. Everybody's looking for pitching help around this. You know the the All Star break. We need help. Everybody that's the trading deadline. We're trying to get help, and the Yankees' their help is going to be their own, one of their aces coming back, and he comes back coupled with Cole. And you know that, and that to me, I always look for it on championship teams. Almost without exception, without exception, you got to have two guys, one and one A, at the top of that rotation. Because October is all about that. It's short series. You get two pitchers who can shut you down, who can dominate. You're going to win. It's almost universally happens like that. I'm you know, glad Strauss- you brought Mark- up Scherzer, right? You know, the, the, yeah. Washington is a good example. You know, happens every happens all the time. Though you got to you have two shut down guys is what you need.
0: I'm glad you brought up Herman because he looks like a completely different pitcher since returning from the alt site. Um, Sunday, six and a third innings pitch, five hits, two earned runs, undefeated in his last four starts, going two and zero with a two five nine. That's like polar opposite of his first two starts.
1: Yeah, he struggled. He struggled. He struggled with his command. Like he, you know, and you know,
0: control. We always talk about is throwing strike. Command
1: is putting the ball where you want to, so this, so you can get that nibble. You can put on the outside part of the plate. So if you have pitchers count, maybe the hitter will chase it. You put a little bit outside, knowing that he's got to protect the plate. That's command. Control is throwing strikes. He his he's command was 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 lacking, and uh so. His control too, but his command was really lacking. And I see the last couple of starts; it seems like he settled down a lot. So he's finding his groove there. And I think as as he continues to have success, he'll continue to have confidence. But you know, he needed he needed confidence in a lot of ways. And uh, I think uh, you're starting to see a confident I'm on. I think that that'll be a difference maker for him.
0: I don't disagree. Last time we spoke, uh, we were talking about the Yankees heading into a series with the Astros um they then followed that up with the series against the nationals to recap the yankees went seven and two on the homestand so they said three games back of the red sox who are at 18 and yankees are 18 and 16. let's play this nostradamus game again because you are good at it and i'm going to take your whatever you say i'm going to take it to vegas yankees are about to embark on a 10-game road trip three against the rays three against the orioles and four against the rangers what do you got? The road is
1: always tough. Uh, the Rangers are playing better. The Rangers have hit a hot streak. Uh, Surprised, yeah, yeah. They've been like I think they've won seven of their last ten, something like that, which is surprising because they were having a lot of trouble before that. But it shows you they're capable and they're particularly capable at home. So that that's a that's a that's a death star. They're going they need to be careful there. Tampa is always a problem for the Yankees because that, that place is just a house of horrors to play in. That ballpark is just incredible. And uh, the Yankees have had a lot of trouble there uh Orioles not so much so you know I mean I know that's your team so I'll go light on you there Kev but uh let's see so I would say we're talking about 10 games um six and four okay I have seven and three okay you know seven and three would be great we're the only game difference between us uh, I'm only going seven and four uh, seven and three because they I said seven and four because I can't add carry the one so you're supposed <laughs> to be 10 so that's, that's probably why I got 11 instead of 10 but uh Yeah, I could, you know, it's possible. Sure. Look, anything's possible, but I, uh, I just think that they'll struggle just a little bit because it's, it's, it's the road. And, you know, Baltimore is a place that they struggle, even though they shouldn't struggle against the Orioles, but they do in that park now. And uh, Tampa always gives them trouble for sure. And the Rangers have been playing hot. So I'm going to go six and four, you know, with the hope that it's seven and three. So uh, we're on the same page.
0: Okay. Yeah. My thought is the Rangers will have to cool off and the Yankees are playing well. So
1: yeah, the Yankees are you know, playing well. I mean, and and then let's see, but again, again, the whole idea is to win series, you know, to put right. five hundred on the road and to really rack up at home, and the Yankees, think they, I think they're on their way to playing okay, five hundred on the road and and racking up at home is which is what they really need to do. Those two series, the last two series, the Yankees were amazing, um, you know, not amazing in, in how they performed, but just that they that the, there was a clarion call. I mean, the, the Yankees had to rally themselves and they had to get past five hundred and they had to do it against two teams that were two pretty good baseball teams. I wouldn't say that Houston and, and, uh, and Washington are great baseball teams, but I'd say they're very good baseball teams. And they're certainly very, very representative. And they're, very, they're two teams that can easily challenge anybody and, and walk away with a series. So I, I think that they're good baseball teams. And the Yankees beat two pretty good baseball teams with some really good pitchers.
0: Switching gears a little bit, some of the feedback I've been getting, Flip, and let me know if you're, you think yeah. the same people really seem to like when we just talk about non-current event things like for example we, what player do you wish you could have seen play injury free you know yeah. the don mattingly conversation yeah, we had, sure. or Sammy commissioner Colbert, for a day yeah yeah, yeah 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 okay can we can i entertain you again another one of these types of things well let's close to clear up
1: this but misnomer you
0: always entertain
1: me kevin <laughs> 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 there's nothing about you this is entertaining uh, between you and John Littner and Jared Boschnack, I have thoroughly entertained in my job. Trust me that I really am. But uh, no, I'm uh, here for uh, you, Flip. Well, but entertainment is important. Entertainment value is important in our business. It's important too. Uh, you know, like we do the games, it's not only like that the games are, you know, we want to document the games and we need to do the coverage in, in a particular way, but we also want to have a little bit of fun because, you know, it is, it is we're in the entertainment business. You know, we are. No, are we not? Are you not we entertained? Are. are you not entertained? <laughs> Right?
0: Glad yeah I, I get it i saw the movie yeah i should hope so all right so i will continue to entertain you and here's my question okay go should people be allowed to say that there's a no hitter going on when in fact there is a no hitter going on or are they jinxing it
1: should they be allowed to say there's a no hitter going on of course i mean i i uh, jinx it i mean Look, I, I look, superstition is an interesting thing, but it is just that—it's superstition. So you know, people want to get upset and just that you you are you are like you know you're messing with the gods of fate by by saying oh there's a no hitter going on. It's like, well, if it's a reality, if there's no hitter going on, there's no hitter going on. I don't think people should get upset when they hear about it. If anything, I think they should get interested. How many times are you sitting someplace and you get an alert and says so and so's got a no hitter after the eighth inning? Or if it's a massive, poor, massive bump guard, it's after seven and they don't count it because people who didn't count it, I, I wouldn't say it's idiotic. I don't want to go that far, but I'll call it idiotic. It's idiotic. They need to get a no hitter, okay? I mean, he pitched seven and he's The game was, they told him it's a seven inning game. He filled the, a no hitter and says, and all of a sudden it doesn't count. It's a Why not? It's supposed to count. Yeah, that's crazy, okay? In terms of this other thing, really, I mean, honestly, I, I'm sorry that people get upset. When you when you mention there's a no hitter going on and again now he, I mean you do it after one inning I mean that's a little premature I would think but you know but if you you know, you, you you get to a point where you get the fifth inning and and there's somebody's got perfection going on and no hitter going on no perfection going on perfect perfect game for sure I mean I don't see any problem with mentioning it. I think you should mention it and people get upset by it I mean I have two words for you too bad
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I I believe there's two sides to this coin Is one there? you you touched now, on
1: side so hold on a second. What coin do you have? Every every coin has two sides.
0: I'm using a quarter.
1: <laughs> I'm using a quarter, so that should have what they give an a different weight value. I mean, of course, it has two sides, right? So let me hear Correct. your side Okay.
0: Well, I think one on the head side or the broadcaster's side, let's call it. It's a responsibility of the broadcaster to say what's going. We're storytelling, so the broadcaster has to mention, it, without question. Uh, of course. The other side, the fans they could do whatever they want, right? It, it's however they want it and watch the game, however they're entertained. I know in my house, because I have a little one, he doesn't want to mention it. Um, so I don't mention it when there is one. I will say this though. People have to be pretty egotistical to think that the words coming out of their mouth affects what's going on the field with these highly trained and highly skilled athletes.
1: You want me to comment on that? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I think that's that's a very cogent point. I would say that uh, that, that point has merit. And uh, yeah, sometimes I think people can take themselves in our business or any other business for that matter, any business, you can take yourself a little too seriously. And I think the people who get themselves like that, and I think they're taking themselves a little too seriously and they're giving themselves a certain amount of credit that they don't deserve to have. It isn't it isn't about credit. It's about documenting a performance. Somebody's, you know, uh, if somebody's got th- hits four homers in a game. It's documented. If somebody throws a, a no hitter. It should be documented. Right. And you should celebrate that. And uh, it's just a matter of when you start that celebration. And people will. But at some point you would have to mention it. And they'll say, Oh, it's been done before. Where people have gone a whole game and not mentioned it's a no hitter. Well, I think they did their audience a disservice then. I'm not mentioning it. I think it's exciting to talk about at a certain point and I think anyone who feels that it's being jinxed or they shouldn't do it well, you know, I'm sorry I don't share that philosophy
0: Completely agree Let's get to some emails, Flip yes at gmail.com if you want to email us
1: yes at gmail.com
0: Correct How do you spell gmail? G-mail
1: <laughs> g-mail. <laughs> all right, a g-mail, all right, I got it now
0: mail right. <laughs> dot com. All right, com, yes. John from Connecticut writes, you ready? Yeah. A week or so ago, a report surfaced about a potential deal that would send Aaron Judge to the Angels. Obviously, nothing came of it, but it did get me thinking. What would it take for the Yankees to trade Aaron Judge? I don't see anybody on the Angels. That excites me. But if it was me, I would think the Yankees would need somebody like a Freddie Freeman in return. Before you answer, Flip, real quick, we should note that. It's very unlikely that the Angels and Yankees had any serious talks. I believe it was categorized as light, fresh uh, flirtation.
1: Well, let me put it this way. If you, if I pick up a phone and I called Brian Cashwood and I said, Hey, uh, I really like Aaron Judge. And he says, yeah, I like him too. You just had a conversation right? True. Yeah. That's what it I was. Mean, so I mean, there's a lot of ways you can have a conversation with somebody uh, and it doesn't mean it's always about uh, an immediate trade or maybe you're weighing the groundwork for a deal or it means nothing. It's just casual conversation. Who knows? I mean, I'm not on those calls. I would I don't have any idea what, how that transpires or what that's about, but uh, I'm not, Every. I think every Look. everybody gets put on waivers as you know, you know that, right? You need to clear what, just in case you want to make a deal, you know, post a, uh, you know, the training deadline everybody gets puts on waivers, so you have to clear waivers. So, you mean, listen, players are exposed from time to time out there, and uh, but sometimes it, the, it sounds like they're maneuvering for something, but it really isn't. It's just this basic baseball business, baseball protocol sometimes. But uh, I, I'm listening, it, it, it could have come up, it's possible it did. I don't know if it did or didn't, but it could have come up, it's possible. And you know, I'm sure Severino's name sort of came up too, even though he's coming off Tommy John surgery. And who knows, you know, a lot of times teams are. Top an interest always had his Yankees have always been interested in Garrett call from the time they drafted him and they could, they, they could he went back to school. And then they could, then the next year they signed with the pirates as the first pick and they couldn't get him then. Then they, they got traded to Houston. They couldn't get him then. And the Yankees finally got a chance to land him that Brian Cashman calls them, you know, the the the, the great white whale that got away, you know, it was like, you know, the, you know, the Moby Dick it's like he, you know, the, the oh, always was a regret of the Yankees that they couldn't get Garrett Cole. They so were like, they're oh, always chasing him. Well, now they finally got him. And I think they're very happy that he's uh, that they're in the same ocean, you know, right now. I think that's a good thing. But uh, yeah, it could have been. It's possible could have had those talks, but who
0: knows? One more email uh, Karen from Minnesota. And I love that. Why oh, didn't
1: finish the conversation about Friedman? Would I, didn't you ask me that? Would I make that deal? Yeah, would you make that deal? But you didn't give me a chance to answer that. You were moving on to something else. <laughs> i mean got that, me caught oh i mean you know i'm really glad that like our, we have a producer like Dan Bessone. i'm really glad that he alerted me to that fact he's holding up <laughs> a sign that says uh you're running long so th- i took that to mean like oh we should get back and do the friedman story Anyway, uh, going back to Morgan, Morgan. How about Morgan Freeman? I just called Morgan Freeman. Oh, my I, would God. I, no, I would not make that trade. I know I would. I love Morgan Freeman. Those are my favorite actors. Uh, Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman's a terrific baseball player. Really good baseball player. He's great in three categories. Offense, defense, and in the clubhouse. Uh, wonderful player. Uh, I really would love to have him on the Yankees. He'd be great on the Yankees. Uh, I, don't, I wouldn't trade Aaron Judge for him uh i mean aaron's just got way too much potential and he just you know he's, he's got to stay healthy stay on the field but i wouldn't make that trade right now uh, certainly and but i gotta tell you something freeman is a terrific baseball player and it'd be great for the yankees could get him and not have to trade aaron judge
0: so i'm watching uh yes as we're recording michael yeah. K. Show is on yeah. they're talking they're talking about how the angels are getting criticized for releasing albert Pujols. Yeah, where are you on that. that i saw that should they be criticized for that I, I mean, the man's a legend, obviously, but
1: it's unfortunately the business. Of the, it's the business, you know. I, you know, look look at the way Miguel Cabrera is struggling right now. You know, at the end of these these long contracts are never good. That's why ten years is you. You really you realize that you're going to get your pro- productivity comes has to come at the top of that contract. Because at the end, it's very hard for guys to be as productive in their 40s as they were in their 30s. That's the basic laws of, of baseball nature, if you will, I suppose. But uh, so I. Uh, from, from a, he wasn't producing from a baseball standpoint he's great in the clubhouse there's lots that he could do but if a lot of these teams though these roster spots are important those 40 man roster spots because you know, in order to carry Albert Pujols or to carry Miguel Cabrera you know, superstars who are, aren't quite the players that they used to be means you're taking a roster spot that's, that's really invaluable to teams so from the baseball business side of it I get it why they would make a move like that from another side of it though I mean the guy's a legend and still has a lot to contribute even if it's just quietly in the clubhouse that's at the end of the contract, you know, could you absorb it for another season and just hope that uh, someone starts to turn it around or gets, goes on a hot streak somewhere. I, I would not have made that move. Although I do understand the move from a baseball sense. That makes
0: sense. Yeah, it, it does. It does make sense. And I would need more facts, but I am willing to bet that they didn't just call him up and release it. I'm willing to bet there was a conversation that got had first. Um, probably. They probably said, Hey, you want to go out on your terms? Do you want to retire? And maybe he says, "Hey, I got some gas left. I, I'm not going to retire."
1: Yeah, I mean, when you're asking a baseball player who wants to retire, I would say 99 nine tenths, and then another throw another uh, one tenth of that to make it 100. Very rarely they're going to say, "Oh, that's a good idea. Let me retire." You know, uh, they'll they have to have to rip the uniform off a lot of players, and Albert Pujols is one of them. He wants to stay on that field. He wants to play. I mean, he's been a good angel. He's a great cardinal. My. My Lord was here in his prime in his day. He was a great player, not a good player, a great player. And uh, he was still a pretty good player with the Angels for a lot of years. And the last year or so, he struggled. He's starting to show his age, and that's unfortunate. That's the downside of it all. But uh, certainly in, in the aggregate, he was worth what the Angels paid, which was about $24 million a year for 10 years. So I think that was the deal, something like that. So you know, if you look at the term baseball side of it, to pay for a star of that magnitude, and they got pretty good production out of him. Uh, was a deal I think they would make again. But you do suffer the back end of those deals. So you, almost universally, the last year or two, you suffer.
0: One more email. Uh, and guys, when you do email us, I love when you put where you're from. Because I, I just like finding out where everybody's from and how far our reach is. This one's from Karen from Minnesota.
1: Karen from Minnesota. I know a yeah. Karen is from Minnesota. Was that right? Yeah.
0: She moved Maybe to Romania. Is- she moved to Romania. Oh. Huh. You did.
1: I just—I so, I don't know where she is. She didn't leave a phone or any address. I don't know where she is now. <laughs> nice girl. Just getting away nice from son. you. Well, as, as most people do, which is fine. I get it. Okay. All
0: right. So Karen says, "Sorry, Flip, but I agree with Kevin." Guess who picks these emails, by the way? Sorry, uh, Flip, but I agree with Kevin. That would be you. <laughs> the pitching these days is just too good, especially now that they have labs and factories where they can break down spin rates in every millimeter of movement. It's just not fair. Hitters can't keep up with that. Perfect evidence. Wade Miley threw the season's fourth no-hitter just a few days ago. And it's not even mid-May. So, no question I you, there. Wh- now,
1: now, why should why well now well, hold a second? All I do is preach pitching, pitching, and war pitching. So Karen doesn't think that I'm on the pitcher's side.
0: But last week I was going yeah. on when I was um, commissioner for a day, saying yes. that they, they should only have ten pitchers on a roster because oh, the pitchers are just too good. Um, I, I think you debated me a little bit, and that's the nature of these things. You debated me. I, I um, debated
1: you on that that the pitching is because uh, I'm a big fan of pitching. I'm a huge fan of pitching, unless so of hitting. And I, I, by the way, I'm a big fan of defense too. You have to throw the ball and you have to catch the ball. Hitting the ball is nice, but you also have to throw it and you have to catch it. You know, there's three aspects of this game that, that doubled uh, uh, a. It was actually, it probably was Alexander Cartwright who actually invented baseball, if I can correct myself for a second. But whomever, uh, going back to those days, it's been a basic tenet of baseball from its beginning. You, you could pitch, you win. That's really it.
0: Yeah. But to Karen's point, it's not even mid-May. Yes. And there's four no hitters already. Yeah. Oh yeah. In 2017, there was one all year. Yeah. In 2016, there was one all year. Right In 2018, there was three all year. And the home
1: runs are way down.
0: Yeah, because the pitching's so good.
1: Well, yeah, but or, or something is good. The ball is wound as tight. I don't know what it is, but something is clearly going on because uh, it is pitching. It is trending toward pitching. And, uh, you know, listen, the strikeouts are strikeouts are impressive. It's fun. Uh, you know, people, people want to see home runs. I mean, uh, they want to see offense. They want to see home runs. They like high scores. I'm a fan of lower scoring games, defense on the field. I'm more of a classical baseball person in that respect, but, uh, but I do get I am a fan of pitching for sure. And I, but, you know, listen the good offensive explosion here and there is a good thing to watch too. It's fun.
0: Speaking of home runs, do you know who is third on the Yankees in home runs? I've, you know, it's Stanton and judge one and two. Yeah. Do do you know who's third? Who's third? Uh, Oshella Higashioka with five. Well, how many hits he has? Six. I don't know. I don't have his numbers in front he's, of me. He,
1: every time he hits in, it, it's a home run. Yeah. Literally. So he has actually he's five better home- than that though. He's actually he's hitting for a little bit of average now. I mean, usually he doesn't hit for average at all. He hits he hits for power. He walks into pitches. He can he can hit. He's walk to a fastball for sure.
0: Five home runs yeah. in forty-five at bats. Judge has seven home runs in one hundred and ten at bats. I'm gonna look up Kyle Higashioka's batting average. This is compelling podcasting spent 222 five home runs 200s. yeah
1: okay yeah that, look that's for him that's a good batting average but he's really he's, he's look he's on the field to contribute a little bit offensively and he certainly does that at the very least but he's really on the field because he's he's for his uh, ability to, to handle the pitching staff i think i like to throw to him
0: i, I would agree them,
1: whether it's you know whether it's cole or kluber they feel they feel more comfortable with him because he's good at blocking pitches in and they can bury pitches because they know that he'll block them mm-hmm. so that's, a, that's an asset as a catcher obviously you're gonna be able to block the wall and he's able to do it really well he frames well too gets them strikes calls and things and you know uh, uh so i mean i like his defense uh as a catcher i like his defense a lot and again i think defense is very underrated i always talk about the run you save why is that less important than the run you drive in there's still runs right so runs I mean, are on run. it Runs a run. And what you don't want to do is wear your pictures out or give the other team extra outs and make your pitcher, starting pitcher, work that much harder. That's the last thing you want to do.
0: Can I tell you? Dan right the so
1: our producer. Where's <laughs> So there's a sign that says out to lunch. He's there. He went out to lunch.
0: He, he Here just, he, he comes.
1: Late. Oh, there he is. Hey, Ted, where are you? How was lunch? Lunch was it's, good. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was a late lunch.
0: All right. Don't you sound your like you're again. coming down with something. Yeah,
1: that, don't, I'm, for, recovering. Yeah. I'm recovering. I'm uh, recovering from the weekend. I would say that. Oh, I got I'll leave it. I got it. it.
0: Uh, <laughs> I saw some of your Instagram posts. I know what you're up uh, to.
1: Yep, you and yep. David Cohn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, Flip, I have my five o'clock, my standing five o'clock meeting I should run to. Okay. That means we should probably land this thing. What do you I think? I guess
1: so. I mean, I, I I was having such a good time, but I guess in the words of Ashley Vigazi, it's time to land a plate. But uh, I'm having lunch with Ashley Vigazi this week, by the way. Oh, cool! Where are you going? I don't know someplace, someplace around here. Okay. Down there, we right <laughs> down there. That's good. I haven't seen Ash in a while. She's uh, been another person who's been invaluable to us since the launch of Yes. And uh, she's our production and talent coordinator. She works a lot with Jared Bostack, and uh, and uh, she's uh, invaluable. I think John Linder would tell you that as well. Great, uh, really good employee, good person. But anyway, great. In great. Words of her: It's time to land a plane. So you want to land a plane? Let's land it. All right, planes. Consider. Here we come. We're coming in right now for a landing. Uh, you know, please do not turn on your uh, your uh, devices. Make sure they're in the landing mode. The uh, not the landing mode. What do you call it? The airplane mode. Airplane landing mode. Yeah. Air, be all right. The airplane mode. All right. We're landing now. So we'll see you guys soon, and we'll uh, we'll endeavor to have a, a guest for you again next week. to I mean, guess this fun. You know, time time like that. And uh, the words of uh, all of us here. Uh, bye. <laughs> we'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks, bye.